from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. It's 5 p.m. Okay, everybody. 5 o'clock. Workday's over. You've been stuck working and disconnected from the sports world. Don't sweat it. The OG will catch you up on the biggest stories, the latest developments, and let you know who said something dumb on social media today. I think I tweeted it. What's trending is now now? on the OG. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Ovias. College football playoff rankings out last night, and it further crystallized why you need to expand the playoffs yesterday. We also got the ACC Big Ten Challenge rolling along tonight with Carolina and Duke, although Carolina and Duke are entering this contest looking to – entering these contests looking to answer some questions that fans are asking. Uh, Carolina's got to get that shot selection right, get their offense going. Duke, kind of just what are you? What are you going to be? And how healthy can you get between now and the end of the year when ACC play starts going? Although ACC play for Duke starts on Saturday with Boston College. Let's log on to the internet, shall we? What's Trending brought to you by GEICO. you got a choice of ways that you can save on car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Go online to GEICO.com or stop by the GEICO office nearest you. Let's get it. Number five. Mexico won today, Joe, but they will not advance in the World Cup. Every goal counts, Joe. Mexico eliminated on goal differential. Do you know when they allowed the goal that will keep them? Out of the World Cup in the ninety in the fifth minute of injury time in their two to one win over Saudi Arabia. So they beat Saudi Arabia, but they will not move on. Instead, Argentina wins the group, and Poland, who lost two to nothing, ends up advancing on goal differential. I'm sorry, what does that have to do with America? Uh, America's already through. I you know, don't have to worry I about know, that. I know, I know. It's- but can you imagine giving up a goal yeah. in the fifth minute of injury time? And that's the reason you're eliminated from the World Cup. It's interesting. In a win, it, it's <laughs> uh, it's funny. Yesterday, as far as I was concerned, group play ended with USA's win over Iran. So sure. when I when I flipped on the television today, or we're here in the studios watching TV, it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, they're still playing. I thought it ended yesterday. Yes, Joe. I thought I thought it was, I, USA. This is me being an ugly American. Like there's other stuff going on in the world. I'm only concerned with USA. And the U.S. will be back in action on Saturday against Netherlands, 10 o'clock in the group of in the round of 16. Taylor Twelman, ESPN, their soccer analyst, uh, discussing whether or not the U.S. can beat Netherlands. Uh, and it really comes down to, like all things in soccer, a difference in style and how you can take advantage of what they do and your benefit. Try to get rid of the pain but we are talking about not Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball and breathing. We're talking about a player that has to run on average seven to nine miles a game. Yes, they can beat the Netherlands. Absolutely 100%. They need Christian Pulisic. However, we haven't seen Giovanni Reina other than eight minutes against England. FIFA came into this tournament, guys, listing the top 10 players under the age of 23. Giovanni Reina of the United States of America was listed third, and we've seen him for eight minutes. So that's 12 minutes. And yeah, that seems to be a consistent issue so far, even in the win. There's been a lot of second guessing of how the U.S. has gone about roster management. But I feel like that's true 
of any soccer international soccer event i cannot remember a time where people just haven't like figured this is the roster you need well it's rare in in u.s soccer that we have depth and yes. talent and international players like a geo reina so when they don't play you're like well wait a second why yeah it makes sense it makes sense it's it's funny we got a hey joe question earlier today that we didn't get around to from our one of our listeners taz who said hey joe how did we suddenly get so many soccer experts who know more than the actual manager look man this is why when we talk about soccer on this program i am absolutely upfront with my ignorance to these types of things like once it starts we can get into it it's not that different from say charles barkley right yeah charles barkley during the ncaa tournament is fascinating to me i don't want to hear from charles barkley on the selection sunday show because he hasn't watched any of these teams throughout the entire year however once charles barkley starts watching the college basketball games yeah man he's gonna give you some insight yeah. right and I'm not trying to equate myself as some sort of soccer knower once the events start, but like we can start figuring things out once the event starts. And as it relates to substitution patterns, who they're playing, who they're not, clearly the U.S., and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, clearly the U.S. knows what they are and what they're not. And however you feel about the manager, Greg Bolhalter, he he's trying to put themselves in the best position to do exactly what they did now that they're in the knockout stage and knowing that they can't score goals i'll be curious to see how they alter their game plan because yeah. getting out of the group stage versus you're going to go home in this single elimination thing is different don't forget in the knockout stage you have to sub in the best penalty kickers too so that they're on the field they can't take kicks unless they're in the game next up one of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. Tiger Woods. It's not somebody that usually speaks out on matters. Uh, Tiger Woods usually keeps things about as bland as possible. He doesn't want to upset the apple cart too much. Totally understandable. It's how he's wired. But Greg Norman and Live Golf make him feel some type of way. So here's Tiger Woods on the Live Golf PGA Tour relationship. And we talked about it all throughout the summertime when it comes to the world golf points. Should Live Golf events be included in the points? How do they factor in guys who li left for Live factoring into the majors? What happens with the Masters and everything else? And here's Tiger Woods on what really needs to change first before any of these discussions happen. There's no willingness to negotiate if you have a litigation against you. So um, if they both have a stay and then have a break and then they can meet and figure something out, then maybe there is something to be had. Um, but I think Greg has to go, first of all, and, and then obviously the litigation against us and then our countersuit against them. Um, those would then have to be at a stay as well. So then, then we can talk. We can all talk freely. You surprised that Tiger Woods is talking like this? I mean, he's been he's been consistent in how his stance for pro PGA Tour and pro what matters to how he said us. Yeah, there was an us there. There was an us in there. I thought and that a lot of this is about legacy, and a yeah. lot of this is what he's been in pursuit of th throughout his entire life, let's be honest. You know, his dad wasn't out there making him become a golfer when he couldn't even walk, right. you know, not to win majors. And that's where, you know, Tiger's had a real problem with the history of the game and, you know, what Liv's tried to do. Next up. The ACC Big Ten Challenge continues tonight. The ACC has a 5-3 to three lead 
after surprising wins last night by not only Wake Forest, but Clemson. Virginia came back and beat Michigan on the road after getting... Well, they got handled a little bit in that first half, Joe. They did. They did. Come back, they win 70-68. But there's six games tonight. Don't love the ACC's chances. We got Purdue, Florida State. That's a loss. Ohio State, Duke. <laughs> Rutgers, Miami. Uh, should be, it should be ACC. Carolina, Indiana. <laughs> Michigan State, Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> Boston College, Nebraska. Who knows? I, I, honestly, I, don't, I couldn't tell you anything Who about knows? Nebraska basketball at this point in time. I'm not going to pretend to know I know anything about. Is Matt Rule going to be there? Or is it in Boston College or is it in Nebraska? Uh, it's in Nebraska. Oh, so Matt Rule's going to be there. One of us. Let's see. One of us. Miami and Duke are the favorites. Yeah. So of the six games, the ACC is favored in two. So right now the ACC has, they've had an interesting start to the season in that they've had some teams take on bad losses and not teams that you typically associate with bad losses. Syracuse being the biggest one. Um, and I don't know how much longer Jim Beheim is going to get at Syracuse. I mean, what are you going to tell Jim Beheim at Syracuse? He is Syracuse. But this seems to be more of the norm lately. And we talked about it last year. The traveling Beheim show made a really, like, it made sense to walk off from right. that. Right? But, but no, it, he came back. But it crashed and burned. There were injuries. And now we've got this, and it's off to a terrible start. Yeah, they're not good. They're not good. Florida but, but, State's also not good. You know, Syracuse has a way of... We'll see. You know, becoming a nuisance. You're right. Now, they didn't last year, but they do have a way of becoming a nuisance. Now, to me, Florida State is the big story. You know, this has been one of the best programs in the ACC over the last 10 years. And people have all... You know, they get into their feelings about, when is Leonard Hamilton going to get his due? Well... Can't just be good for ten years. You got to be good the whole time. Carolina, you you kind of made a eh with Carolina in the end, well, just because they're on the road and, and they just played a four overtime game. And I really thought they went through it mm-hmm. out in Portland. I mean, those were some tough games that they played. North Carolina, I am not going to judge. I mean, are they the number one team in the country? No, they're not. Um, I understood why they were positioned as the number one team yeah. in the country at the beginning of the season based on what we saw last year and based on who they're bringing back. But at this point, we can start judging them based on what we've seen so far. They're not the number one team in the country. That's not to say that all of their issues can't be resolved. We saw them get resolved last year. There's a mindset change that's happened in Carolina as well that I'm sure Hubert Davis is trying to just hammer home to them. And the light bulb, I'm thinking, will eventually go off. So as it relates to Carolina, what happened in Portland, what could happen tonight, I'm not really going to spend that much mental bandwidth freaking out about because there's a whole lot of basketball left to be played. And in the case of Carolina, they still have Ohio State and Michigan on their mm-hmm. schedule. So they still have chances to get the wins that they need outside the league. Whatever we do, let's not have a one-bid ACC discussion this season, please. Next up. Number two. Carolina Hurricanes, two in a row. Break them up. After they went two weeks without a win, but accumulating some points thanks to some overtime losses. Uh, they've now won two in a row. Calgary on Saturday, overtime win against the Pittsburgh Penguins last night. Adam Gold does the Canes Corner podcast, brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Here's two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Let's do that hockey. It was the great Lou Brown that once said, we won a game yesterday. If we win today, that's two in a row. We win tomorrow. That's a winning streak. It has happened before. 
Carolina Hurricanes for just the second time in November. One consecutive games. Yippee! Saturday, they beat Calgary. Last night, they beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, both by 3-2 scores, both with the game-winning goal being scored by Brett Pesci. That's right. This one comes in overtime. Take a listen. A heavy hit by Jarvis, and the Canes will get this out. It's Pesci, 2-0, in on Jari. Back to Pesci, he scores! Brett Pesci, his second game winner in his many nights, and the Canes get the extra point in Pittsburgh. Here's how the play unfolds. Seth Jarvis, the 21-year-old little guy, just completely trucks Brian Rust right by the boards. He's flat on his back. Jarvis and Andrei Svechnikov, another young guy. These two Utes get the puck over to Joe Pesci. I did that on purpose. And he scores in a two-on-O with Andrei Svechnikov. Did you say Utes? Yeah, two Utes. What is a Ute? Oh, excuse me, Your Honor. Two Utes. That's right. The two Utes. Are those instant grits? Seriously, Hurricanes needed a good win. They won for the second time in a row. It hasn't happened since the beginning of the month of November. And we'll talk to you from St. Louis, like I'm going. Canes will be in St. Louis on Thursday. Thanks to our good friends at Dysart. Willis, two minutes of hockey. That was a very peppy little holiday theme right there. I like that. That's Adam Gold. Check out the Canes Corner podcast wherever you get your podcast. Next up. The number one story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. Matt Rule got me mad again. No, but for real, you have to hear what Matt Rule is telling NFL media folks after he got the job at Nebraska. Head coaches love to talk about accountability. Accountability is part is going to be part of his recruiting pitch as the head coach at Nebraska. And yet, the man who's going to preach accountability as a head coach is not taking an ounce of accountability for what happened with the Panthers. So by now we know, hey, look, Matt Rule secured another bag. He is now the next head coach at Nebraska. Interestingly enough, he's been doing NFL media rounds since taking that job. Career-driven individuals ready to unlock your potential? Discover William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Our classes are tailored for the working professional. Attend class on your terms with our online sessions and choose from various start dates throughout the year. Dive into a curriculum designed for success. Every class is a stepping stone that takes you closer to your career goals. Take one or more classes. It's in your hands. Elevate your career with William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Dive deeper at williampeace.info SPS. Your journey begins here. Uh, last week, he was on NFL Network's Good Morning Football, where Gilio he talked about, man, you know, the one thing I, I wish I could have done again, or I, I could have done better, is connecting with the players. <laughs> you know, basically talking about how with COVID and masks, it was just really difficult to really just get with the players. And it wasn't until the third, the beginning of the third year where really he, he was able to sit down with guys and really get to know them. Which is strange because how many interviews did we do coming out of 2020? The ACC kickoff, 2021. How many coaches did we talk to where they they expressed how they got closer with their team coming out of the pandemic? Well, because they had to spend more time together in the facility. Yep. Which us then. Nobody else. No other distractions. NBA bubble. I mean, was that not just pure basketball? Guys getting to know each other? 
And in the case of the pandemic season, I'm not saying that the circumstances were ideal, but that's an opportunity for you to grow with your team. Instead, Matt Rule gave excuses as to why he wasn't able to connect with the culture. If you could do it all over again, what would be the one thing you would change looking back on it as obviously it didn't work out with Super Bowl victories or anything like that? I, I, I think I probably would just probably just, you know, uh, probably take in another job. You know, I mean, I think I mean, it's a great place, uh, you know, the wonderful people. But right, I just Graham, please don't pause, know if pause, I was just a... pause it. Just pause it. Just pause it. We're going to keep playing here in a second. But pause it, please. I would have taken another job. Great place. But I would have taken another job. We had a chance to take another mm, job. He did. Where yes, was that? The Giants. Right. And then David Tepper, owner of the Panthers, came in and outbid the Giants mm-hmm. to get David Tepper. Do you think that in New York they would have been patient? Uh, no. Joe Judge was hired instead, and he was already fired. Yeah, yeah. Matt Rule doesn't get the start of a third season like he did at Carolina if he's in New York, straight up. Now, maybe that's because he would understand that it was a two-year plan in New York versus a four-year plan or whatever I refuse to believe anybody bought this idea that there'd be a four-year plan in the well, NFL. Matt Rule was under the impression he had time. He continued you know, uh, probably taking another job, you know, I mean, I think I mean, it's a great place, uh, you know, the wonderful people, but I just don't know if I was a fit there, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, we, we, we talked about, hey, we're going to have a, a, a four-year plan, a five-year plan, you know, if you tell me, hey, we got a two-year plan, then then I'm going to go get signed a bunch of free agents and, and do it, so, you know, what was a four-year plan became a two-year and five-game plan real quick, and interesting. It, it's not about, hey, it's not, and I'm not angry about it, you know, no. at the end of the day, I understand, but if you're if it's going to be that quick, then then we're going to sign some more free agents. We're gonna oh, okay. we're gonna go make the blockbuster trade. We're gonna do those things. I right, think. Pa- pa- pause, 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 pause it. We'll go make the blockbuster trades. Did you not make some blockbuster trades? Were people was was Sam? I guess Sam Darnold wasn't a, a black a, a, a blockbuster trade, right? Who was it? Was Stephon Gilmore? Then they bring. Wasn't that a big I'm, deal? I'm curious. At what point was that part of the four-year plan? Well, there's that too. You know, there's... trading up for Matt Corral, <laughs> trading for Sam Darnold. The, the Sam Darnold. Uh, we would have made some blockbuster trading trades. for Henderson, the the corner. So last time I checked, Matt, you guys were in the running for Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford did not want to go to the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you were in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, right? Well, guess who didn't want to go to the Panthers? Deshaun Watson. Right. So. We would have made these trades. Oh, so, oh, so it was you who didn't want to do it. Got it. Again, the guy's full of crap. He continues with Peter Schrager on this podcast. Trajectory that we were on was correct. It was to, it was to have a team that next year could to maybe build. make a big trade um, that could, you know. And I think you see the signs of it right now. When they play well on offense, they win. You know, there's a good defense there, and um, I, I give Steve all the credit. I give the coaches all the credit, but I'm part of that building process. Yeah. So oh. had that just stayed for maybe through this year and maybe made the big free agent signing this year to get them over the top. I think that the Panthers could win the, the NFC South for years to come. Okay. That's Matt rule on with the Peter Schrager podcast. I, I want, I so badly want to be in a room at bank of America stadium when somebody plays that clip for Steve Wilkes. I, I re, can somebody get me? A, I would pay OnlyFans money for that. All right, like please, I need to see Steve Wilkes just roll out of his chair, going. You said what? Look, man. Oh, you see the success that's going on now. Did Matt Rule ever stop and think the reason why the Carolina Panthers have some some pulse is because you're no longer the head coach? I mean, David Tepper 
gave you an opportunity to do that this year and, and you had to win, what did you do? You didn't. That's really what it comes down to. Lost to a bunch of teams that you shouldn't have lost to. That's what it comes down to, man. He never takes any accountability for his own failures. And that's the problem with Matt Rule. You know, he he'll, now he'll spin a story about how great he was at Baylor, yeah. how great he was at Temple. Truth of the matter is, at Baylor specifically, he never won a game against a top 25 team. Not one. He beat a bunch of bad teams and a bunch of teams that look like him. He couldn't do that in the NFL. Why couldn't he do that in the NFL? Because he's not a good coach. Because you get exposed in the NFL in that regard. Urban Meyer found that out real quick with the Jacksonville Jaguars when he was caught on a hot mic saying, yeah, man, we're playing Alabama every week. Like, Never forget that quote, man. These teams, they all got guys. They all got dudes. Yeah, it's the NFL. Mike McCarthy's coming in, albeit with a better group, but the reason why they brought him in is because they felt that he was going to give him a coaching advantage that other coaches could not, and we're seeing that success with Mike McCarthy at uh, with with the with the Miami Dolphins. So this is not a one-off thing, though. This is what Matt Rule is sticking with because he was on with Rich Eisen. On Rich Eisen of the NFL Network has his own show, I think, on Audience, and it's on SiriusXM. Here he is with Rich Eisen pretty much covering the same beats. What do you think did not work out in Carolina um, that you thought was going to work out? What was it? Yeah, I, I think I just, I just think you know, and I understand why. You know, I just I just think that I was hired to do a, a, a four year kind of a plan. You know, um, and so um, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that historically, you know, in the third year has won. You know, we kind of knew going in, and as I talked to the people there, hey, it might take a little longer just because of you know, kind of where we were, you know, kind of the end of an era and some, some great, great players retiring and moving on. And, um, you know, to me, if you, if you tell me, hold hey, on, pause it. Two years, some players like, retiring and moving on. Buddy, you told Cam Newton to get the hell out. What? Anyway, it's fairly obvious that Matt Rule is full of crap. Uh, in, a, in a lot of ways, he is Czech soda Urban Meyer. He is... As shout out to Jamison. I think he called him Faded Glory Nick Saban. <laughs> he is Kirkland brand Lincoln Riley at this point. They're definitely going 1-11 and 11 next year at Nebraska. And he'll tell you this is it. And this is part of it. That's his six part and of six. it. 6-6. Yep. And he'll tell my and third year. Third Just year? look at my third year. Look at my third year. Can't wait Which to is see the funny, But that's the thing. That's the, the, the greatest mistake that that dude is making is that he's acting as though NFL coaches get the third year. Oh, well, I was told four. No, you weren't. I'm sure that David Tepper is going to preach patience, and and, pro, and and franchises love to tell you about patience. But you know, behind the scenes, they got to win now. They know they got to win now. And this idea that, well, look at my third year. Well, you got your third year. They fired your ass after five games. Why? Well, it was helpful for him, and it was, it was. financially beneficial to it was. David Tepper. But clearly, you weren't going in that direction. Otherwise, they wouldn't have fired you, man. Did you watch the... Uh... Disney film Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Where Lei Fu at the beginning sings the song about Gaston. Yes. I know I shouldn't be caught up on it, but the guy from the NFL network being like, you know, since it didn't end in the Super Bowls or, or oh, yeah. whatever. Amen. And then like he, he gets in there with like, Yeah, man, time to build. And I'm like, buddy, are you on the payroll? No. Like, what the hell is me, going on with you? The, Peter Schrager. I don't know Peter Schrager. I just know he's on the NFL network. Right. He's one of the best hype men out He's there definitely a hype man yes because back in february i don't know if you remember this segment or not i don't know if we still have the audio but peter schrager went to a super bowl party where he chatted up david tepper do you remember that yes this is the guy where he's like let me tell you about david tepper <laughs> man this guy this is a dude 
Like when he wants what he like, he wanted to. He wanted to spoon him. Yeah. I'm sorry, he probably wanted to be the little spoon. So he was just like, man. It's not, I tell you what, he's not a patient guy. He wants to win. So don't be, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if David Temper makes a big splash. That big splash ended up being Baker Mayfield. Good times, good times. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. Hopefully that is the last we will talk about Matt Rule for the foreseeable future. I have a feeling not, since the guy seems to trigger me, but we shall see. So apparently Russell Wilson had a birthday party yesterday. Denver Broncos quarterback had a birthday party. He turned 34 yesterday. More accurately, for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Sierra, his wife, mm-hmm. had a birthday party for Russell Wilson. Yes. Now, I know that we're putting Russell Wilson on the emotional level of a middle schooler. I was thinking more elementary. Or but. elementary school, where you feel like this is Sierra being the overbearing mom. Yes. Who's trying to help her son in the new school. Get some friends. So, I did not think anything of this, right? Like, okay, people are into their birthdays. Like, this is not a foreign concept. People can sit here and roll their eyes at Russell Wilson, but you damn well know everybody's got a member in their family who really gives a damn about their birthday. It's true. I'll call out my dad. My dad's thinking about his birthday already. His birthday is not until July, end of July. My dad will spend birthdays, including mine, talking about his birthday because he loves his birthday so much. Okay? I have friends that don't do birthday weeks. They do birthday months yeah, that's my mom that's nora oh nora's like that mm-hmm. oh man when's nora's birthday it's a birth month uh june 30 6 30 hey. hey so june is all nora right yes perfect love it and then july could be all ernie see there you go it's the summer of birthday love so russell wilson might just be that dude who really loves his birthday and that's fine i know people like that <laughs> do you at 34 though yeah do you yeah my dad turned 69 this past July. But nice. does, does your dad randomly invite random people to his birthday? Yes. Yes? Yes, he would. Okay. Yes, he would. Now, I'm not wired that way. I'm not wired that way. Last time I had a big birthday party was when I turned 40. Kelly and I have birthdays 11 days apart. So we decided to just do a big joint 40th birthday party. Last time we had a big birthday party was when we turned 30. Right? Yeah. I don't remember much of my 30th birthday, but I do remember my 40th because we learned how to drink in that time. Get a little older. Progress. You exercise, a little progress, right? Well, I, I've been to one of your birthday parties when you turned 40. Yeah, there was like six people there. And there was more than people. Nah, I, I don't up, think so because we the, were on a bike. We were on the, the uh, there trolley. Were, there were at least 12 people there. It was like a lot. I can go back. Okay. I was like, you, me. But I wasn't inviting random people. I invited people I worked with. <laughs> And me and you <laughs> and my and my some of my family, like yeah. Shout out to Andrew Carter, Luke DeCock, Keels, Laura Keeley. 
Um, so anyway, so that yeah, those are mine. But that's how you and I are wired, man. But that was like me going into the newsroom at the time and being like, "Hey, not me." It was like my wife going into the newsroom and being like, "Hey." Having a birthday party for Joe. Yeah. He doesn't have that many friends. I know we're new here. <laughs> We've mostly been working on the second floor, but now we're working on the third floor. It'd be really cool if you could just show up, you know. So, but we, but what my, this is I would all, be mortified. This is all super relatable, though. <laughs> because, like, at work, you know, at work, people, like, will break off into their own social groups. Sure. And you always have those moments where it could be somebody, somebody's birthday. It could be somebody going, you know, off to another job and kind of like, how many people showed up for this thing? And, and those types of things, right? It's no different. But you know what never happens in those situations? It's never reported on. So I bring this up because I am absolutely fascinated how things have gotten so off the rails in Denver where we have reports and speculation as to what it means that half the team showed up on an off day for Russell Wilson's birthday party thrown by his wife, Sierra. It's are, Half feels like a lot. I agree. Especially given the circumstances. I agree. Look, well, some people just might have, they have other obligations. It's an off day, man. I got some other things. I got family stuff to take care of. It's my one time of the week with the kids. Maybe I got a date with my wife. I mean, there's any number of things that you could be doing that you're not going to be going to this birthday party. And it has nothing to do as to whether or not you like that person. The timing just doesn't work out. We're in, like, we're in Christmas party mode right now. You might get invited to an event, but I'm not going to be insulted if you don't show up to my event. I'm not having any Christmas parties, but I... I was recently invited to a neighborhood Christmas party. Might not be able to go. You know why? Hockey. I'm not going to take it personally if they don't show up. So I find it bizarre that things have gotten so bad in Denver that people are treating this as though it's some sort of indicator as to where Russell Wilson is in the room right Isn't now. Isn't that partly, you, you said it's being reported on. Yeah. Is that partly because it is Sierra? Or do you think it's It has everything was... to do with Russell. Okay. It's Russell, man. I was going to say, you think if it was still crazy Ashton, it would be, it would be news? <laughs> uh, yes, it would still be news. Okay. No, it would still be news. Because you got to remember. Maybe for the, nope. No, you nope. Know, eh, that would probably be for different nope. reasons. But yeah, nope. uh, I see where you're Not going with that. <laughs> so here's the reason why I think it has nothing to do with Sierra. Because in NFL circles, people don't understand that Sierra is a bigger deal than Russell Wilson outside the world of, world of football, right? Like, Russell Wilson got put on by Sierra, not the other way around. So, regardless, at some point, things got to cool off with Russell, man. At some point. Yeah, there there is a certain element of piling on here, right? I mean, half is a lot. Getting half of the adults in a group together, that's, that's a, a lot. success, but I was reading ProFootballTalk.com today saying, well, you know, you could look at it half, glass, uh, half, uh, half full glass, or you can look at it the other way, that half the team didn't show up, and who were the people who didn't show up, and what does it mean? Who cares? Yeah. Anyway. We, we've talked about this before, too. Not everybody in a locker room loves each other. No. They don't a, even like each other. They just have to respect each other and understand that they're all pulling for the same thing. It's a job. It is a it's job. It's a job. You help me. I help you. When the game is over, I'm going to go do my thing. You can go do your thing. It's as simple as that. You know? You know sometimes like it's like going to Charlotte, right? It's like, hey, look, man, I'm not, I'm not riding with you. Okay? No. I'm not well, riding you, with you. You've already fulfilled your... Traveling obligations with me for the for the 2022 calendar year, so you're you're safe. We're headed to Charlotte for the uh, we're headed to Charlotte for the ACC championship game between Carolina and Clemson. We'll be doing the show from the Fan Fest on Friday afternoon from three until seven. We'll be out there again from actually we're going to be out there from ten until two. Culture State will be on from ten until twelve. 
uh, outside at the Fan Fest. We'll be taking over from 12 until 2. We got conference championship games the rest of the day. Friday night, we're actually going to have the Pac-12 championship game, which obviously, as we know, has some interesting implications for the college football playoff if Southern Cal loses. If you missed anything from today's show, check it out on the Best of the OG. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out on Apple, Spotify. Maybe it's in your Spotify wrapped. Would love to see it. Also, check us out on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Look up 99.9 The Fan.